dementia researcher with a blog and a rating. As I start writing this blog, I realise there is a risk I may wander off topic, mostly because it's one of those that has so many related issues. So I'll start by being clear about what I intend to write about. In this blog, I'm going to talk about how to choose the right journal to publish your research in, but more importantly for beginners, how to identify and avoid predatory publishers. Let's start by talking about what predatory publishing is. These journals may seem obvious to some, but even the most experienced researcher can get caught out. The term predatory publishing is a bit of a catch-all phrase for what is essentially unethical, unprofessional and deceptive publishing practices. Whilst there isn't a single thing that makes one journal predatory, there are behaviours which are characteristic. Generally speaking, they are publishers who charge a fee for the publication of material without providing the publication services an author would expect, example, editing and, importantly, peer review. The rise of open access journal publishing has made it even easier for these unscrupulous journals to find authors who are willing to pay for the privilege of publication, at a time when even good journals charge fees to make your manuscript open access. The average is around three to $4,000. It can be hard to spot the difference and tempting to take the cheapest option. This leads to the most obvious type of predatory journal, those with a pay-to-publish model. This approach is generally accepted as the most exploitative. Authors are asked to pay a fee to have their work published without any guarantee that it will be accepted by a reputable journal or promising that it will be published in a journal that sounds entirely legitimate but isn't. Whilst these may be actual journals, if you can call them that, the issue is that they often lack rigorous peer review and there are also questions around the quality of the work they publish which means you may find your very good paper in bad company. Many of the journals are also not linked to reputable sites like PubMed, largely because these sites require a certain number of checks to be carried out prior to indexing. If you're unsure whether a journal you're being offered is real, check out Beale's list. www.bealslist.net other journals get to you with nice emails, titled things like Dear Eminent Professor, Greetings of the Day, and so forth, or invite you to write on a topic that's completely outside your field. What happens when you reply to these kind of emails? Well, if you submit a manuscript, within days, they may publish it to a website and send you a bill, making out that it's too late and you need to pay. The fee can range from a few hundred dollars to a few thousand. So don't even be tempted to send them anything. So you get the general idea. If they approach you via email and send more and more emails, they're probably not great. And if you suddenly find a journal following you and sending you a DM on Twitter, those are probably not legitimate. I get lots of these. And they may actually be more like scammers than predatory publishers. Having said that, some journals do repeatedly ask for guest editors, and these are often genuine, and they repeat emails just because they're so desperate. However, guest editing is a lot of work and lots of chasing people for papers, so it's up to you if you want to do that. Fortunately, there are a number of initiatives that have been put in place to help address the issues of predatory publishing. For example, the Directory of Open Access Journals, or DOAJ. 
there's a link in the show notes. It's a database of open access journals that have been verified by experts to meet certain standards of quality. The DOAJ ensures that authors are able to find journals that are legitimate and of high quality. In addition, organisations such as the Committee on Publication Ethics, or COPE, provide guidelines and resources to help authors identify predatory publishers and protect themselves from exploitation. You can also take a look at Cable's Blacklist, that's C-A-B-E-L-L, and Think, Check, Submit, all one word. Those websites allow authors to check journals' credentials to ensure it's not a predatory publication. Of course, there's also your friendly local librarian. They may not know all the bad ones as they pop up every day, but they will know the good ones. Aside from the unethical practices involved in predatory publishing, there's also several other issues to mention. One of the most pressing concerns is the impact that predatory publishing has on the public perception of science in general. We all know that there are a lot of people out there who like to point to the science being published to prove their point. And when a journal is publishing anything you send them, this can have serious repercussions. We all remember that 5G causes COVID, right? However, that's probably an issue for another blog. Now that you know the good from the bad and the ugly, let's discuss how to find the best journal to publish your work in. Although before we do, let's just think about best journal for a moment. What makes a journal the best? Is it impact factor? Is it the one which is the most ethical? Is it the one we actually peer review and publish your work quickly? Or maybe the journal that everyone in your small niche area of research actually reads? Ideally, it would probably be a mixture of all those things. Here are some simple things you should consider when finding a journal to publish your work in. Number one, identify the most relevant journals appropriate to your research field. Use databases such as Web of Science, Google Scholar or Scopus to identify the most relevant journals. You probably already know them, they'll be the ones you see all the work like yours in. But look anyway and make a short list. There may be some you've missed. There are also some online tools which can help. Edan's Editing, E-D-A-N-Z, will allow you to paste your abstract and based on the keywords, it picks out and suggests journals for you. Number two, understand journal requirements. Gather information from the journal scope, publication requirements and submission guidelines. Number three, research journal reputation. Look at the journal's impact factor, citation rate and editorial board members to get a sense of its reputation. You could also talk to your supervisor or post to social media and ask for people's experiences with a particular journal. Although be prepared for negative feedback. That's the kind people are most likely to give. Number four, consider journal turnaround time, i.e. the time it takes the journal to review and publish articles. You can work this out by looking at the submission date versus the publication date. However, don't be fooled. These aren't always accurate. Number five, consider journal costs. Journals may charge a fee for publication. Make sure you understand any associated costs before submitting your paper. Now, this is a blog all in itself. But speak to your institutional librarian or look online, as most universities have open access or gold open access agreements with some journals. So the fees are covered as part of that agreement. 
And if you're funded by a charity in the UK, like Alzheimer's Research UK, they have an arrangement with F1000 and the NIHR has similar arrangements. And there are also ways to publish via iStart professional interest areas as well. So check with your funder, networks and institution. You may also need to be aware of hidden costs as you're often offered bonus extras like, would you like to add audio for an extra $500? Number six, look for open access opportunities. Open access journals provide free access to research and can be a great way to get your work seen by a wider audience. Of course, if you really don't have the money and you can't afford the fees, and that is the best journal, you may not have the option to go down the open access route. However, you should if you can. Your funder may also insist on it. Number seven, talk to people. Yes, it's an obvious one, but go and talk to your librarian, your supervisor, your colleague, and of course, your co-authors. They'll all have opinions, and that has the potential to create some confusion. However, they should all be able to help with creating the shortlist we mentioned back at point one. And that's it. I hope you find that helpful. I'd love to hear your own top tips of choosing the right journal, so please do add your thoughts in the comments below. Thank you for listening. Join the Dementia Research bloggers and share your own views.